Hey, it's Mike of New York. I'm in New York, and as everybody in New York knows, this is where the stock market basically is. Worries me, especially when I'm alone in the market. It's pre-war from 1930s, and you don't know what is moving around behind it. And it's even harder when you're blind. But what about the things that are moving around in front of us, moving around all around us? What about things like the pre-market trading for Credit Suisse? People are going crazy earlier this morning. Credit Suisse shares have tanked. After the Saudi Arabian backer has ruled out giving it any further bailout, so basically they're getting chopped by the Saudis. Credit Suisse uh, support is getting chopped by the Saudis. Now shares of the embattled Credit Suisse uh, are into another round of a topple uh, for a second straight consecutive. Challenging day. Credit Suisse's biggest backer, the Saudi National Bank, has said that it will not provide further financial help for the Swiss bank. Further, speaking uh, earlier on different broadcasts, including uh, CNBC, uh, they're basically saying that a panel is in session in Riyadh. Uh, and they basically have、uh, ruled out any further assistance, even though Credit Suisse Chairman uh, Axel uh, Lehman uh, has basically been before the Saudis, begging for more assistance for the bank to prevent it from collapsing. Now, Credit Suisse is one of the world's major banks. If it indeed tumbles. That is a major problem for U.S. and international financial markets. Now, shares、uh, yesterday, Wednesday here in New York City, hit another all-time low for a second consecutive day, and of course,、uh, several Italian banks, around 30 of them, were also subject. To、uh, what is being、uh, looked at as automatic trading stoppages in both European, New York, and London stock exchanges,、uh, including banks like UniCredit,、uh, Reichsbank, and uh, the Montreal, or the Montdey. Cashy Bank. So these are some of those banks that are affected by the Credit Suisse run at this moment. It is always difficult to look at these things as they break because it is an hour by hour thing. But definitely, it is something that needs to be looked into. We're going to find an expert who's going to be able to talk about this because essentially, what they're saying is that. You know, with the collapse of that Silicon Valley bank and then also New York Signature Bank, it is a warning system for banking systems, and this is a problem that is being raised by、uh, Credit Suisse's chairman, 
because so many people had gone into the uh, cryptocurrency markets and these banks, particularly Signature Bank, is a bank that has been doing a lot in the crypto sector, particularly here in the United States. Now, the national banks, be it the United States Treasury, the Bank of England, the uh, you know French uh, Ministry of Finance, and, and, and many others, have not been looking uh, nicely or politely, or how would I say it, have not been really friendly to the crypto generation. And the primary reason in there has been most people uh, were using crypto as a way to hedge against taxation. And let's be honest, that is what a lot of people were using crypto for, a way to you know, hide some money away from the tax man. And it was basically a means of almost uh, you know, digital tax evasion actually the weirdest and stupidest thing anyone can do because essentially uh, you know no matter how you try to hide it there will always be a digital trail because if there is no digital trail you won't have any more paper valuable asset or cash or anything out of it. You know there's this yeah you can have password protected information but there will be a trail in there will be a trail out at some point there will be some trading that is open within a certain level, you know. Oh yeah, you could do small scale transactions using crypto of uh, under 300 or 500 or 600 or 800 or $1,000 and not get caught. You could even do more in some countries. But in major countries, be it the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, or most of the European Union, it would be very difficult to do so. And another reason banks like Signature and uh, of course, Silicon Valley Bank would be looked at because of the crypto situation is of course the situation in Ukraine because it is a means that the Russian government and its people, especially those under sanction, were using crypto to be able to move their money and do transactions around the world. Let's say they happen to be uh, into real estate here in New York City or in other places. That is how some of these wealthy Russians who were under sanction were able to be able to sell items, move the money into crypto, and then using blinds and third parties, get that money out. So this is also a way with government stepping in and shutting down Signature Bank. Beyond the financial issues, the other thing that was raised, of course, is the fact that these banks uh, were potential loopholes to allow certain people in certain countries, be it Russia, Iran, or others, to avoid legal restrictions on their activities, particularly those activities that were financial. So we are keeping an eye on this. I'm going to put in something right after to take a look at what is going on and try and listen in as uh, we take a look at the warning signals that have been raised and what exactly is going on with these bank runs and issues involving Credit Suisse and others today. I'm Mike of New York in New York City and the markets have opened here and we're going to take a look at what is going on there and of course how all of this affects the average person 
and uh, their banking issues should he the crisis continue. This is Mike the Viewpoint. situation uh, with uh, regard to the Swiss bank credit suites. Uh, of course, it's a Swiss bank, it's a credit suites, so therefore it must be a situation in Switzerland, in Zurich, obviously, uh, you know, with, 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 with the financial sector is very much the life of Switzerland, and banking is very much something that, that they're talking about. Now, their biggest problem was on Monday, uh, whether or not people would still respect the bank because of its exposure in the issue. And uh, they, they had a discussion, a guest uh, on, on uh, uh, television, uh, cable news rather, uh, Bloomberg TV had, had an interview with Credit Suisse's uh, chairman. Uh, let's listen in to what he was saying. Were, were people still going to be confident enough to deposit money in a bank that essentially uh, deposited its depositors' money or invested its depositors' money in Silicon Valley Bank, which had uh, financial issues, uh, mishandled uh, and mismanaged situations, the bank that's now been taken over by the U.S. government. Let's listen to uh, Credit Suisse's uh, chairman. So SVB, as you know, is a very recent um, thing which happened over weekend and yesterday. So far, it's pretty calm. Um, we saw material good inflows yesterday still. Um, also, you know, I had a client meeting which was very positive on that one. So that's, this is Yurik Kong. Kroner, Ulrich Kroner, or Ulrich, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ulrich Kroner, I'm sorry, I'm usually pretty accurate, but hey, my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be, and Credit Suisse uh, is still getting uh, deposits and inflows even with the uh, crisis and their stock price drop because of their exposure to Silicon Valley Bank. So, so far it's calm, but I think it's early days to, to look at the uh, Calm, are you suggesting that you could also actually get inflows? No, we got inflows yesterday, which is a positive sign, I would say. Um, and, you know, for us, and, and that is maybe a little bit, if I may say so, from seeing in comparison to SVB, it's a very different situation, you know. We are GCIP, as you know, we are following materially different and higher standards when it comes to capital funding, liquidity, and so on. That's why we said, you know, we gave, I think in this situation it's important, we gave LCR liquidity capital ratio of like 140-40 at the, at the end of Q4, which is a strong ratio, which has improved as we went through this quarter to like 150 on average and spot being even higher on that. Yeah. So, but out, so outflows have not reversed, but they've actually lowered. As when as, are they reversing? Look, they have significantly moderated, as I put it. We gave an update on February 9 in terms of where we are, the presence and assets and so on. We will give next update with the first quarter result. But it is also very clear, you know, if, and we talked about that, what has happened in, in like fourth quarter, you know, um, we are fully focused on it, turn it around, but that takes longer than like just two months. So that's uh, Ulrich Kroner, the uh, uh, CEO of uh, Credit Suisse. And of course, in, in another interview, in another uh, forum, he also talked about the uh, unlikely need of a government bailout from the Swiss government or the EU or anybody else to uh, to help them out, uh, even with their uh, large exposure into Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank here in New York City. So that's the latest for me for now on that. And of course, let's continue to look at the different situations as we hop around the world and see who's affected by this 
crisis with Silicon Valley Bank. I'm Mike of New York. Bank is a major issue here in the United States. It is also a major issue in Europe, as we said. It is one of the world's largest, 16th largest bank in the United States, but it does have arms of its uh, financial uh, setup uh, all over the world. And one of the places where it is exposed is in the UK. It is pretty big, and its impact is something that is strongly felt. Let's listen to uh, Jeremy Hunt, uh, the UK uh, uh, finance minister of the Bank of England, the head of the Bank of England, and uh, how HSBC is stepping into the UK. They bought Silicon Valley's UK operations for one British pound. Let's see what happens now as the resilient UK banking system tries to bail out, in a way, without a government entry, the uh, bank that is essentially uh, the bank of the tech sector, Silicon Valley Bank, and uh, its other banking issues that are around the world, where you have uh, hundreds of billions of dollars at stake here, $295 billion in assets, 90% of which are all major tech sector depositors. So it is a huge industry and it can be gravely affected. Let's listen to Jeremy Hunt. Well, there was never a systemic risk to our financial stability in the UK. The Bank of England governor made that clear from the outset. But a number of our most promising and important technology and life science companies had their money with Silicon Valley Bank in their UK branch. So we've been working over the weekend. I've been in constant contact with the governor of the Bank of England, uh, the Prudential Regulatory Authority, uh, the Prime Minister, to work up a solution. Uh, we do not have that solution. A sale has been agreed to HSBC, which is Europe's biggest bank, one of the most creditworthy institutions in the world. And what that means is that all those really important companies that had deposits with Silicon Valley Bank UK can access their deposits, uh, can access normal banking services as of this morning. It's a very important outcome. No taxpayers' money has been used, and I think as a result of a lot of hard work. But I also think it shows that the UK has uh, great resilience in its financial system, that we're able to step in with one of our biggest UK banks in a situation like this and protect a very important sector. And that, of course, uh, coming from the BBC, uh, the British Broadcasting Company being, of course, a uh, government-owned entity or state-run uh, uh, information service in the UK. Now, while we're looking at that issue, of course, we were listening a little while ago as uh, Ted Cruz tried to explain it to the average American what exactly is going on and why American taxpayers have to jump in and help the situation here in the United States. Uh, it is a very, very different situation. Uh, let's listen to Ted Cruz from his podcast, The Verdict. Now, this took place over the weekend, I believe, or was it on Sunday or was it on Monday? I'm not really sure. I will look at the issue and put it, uh, which episode it was, and put it in the show notes. Let's now uh, go listen to uh, Ted Cruz uh, from his uh, podcast, and The Verdict. Uh, it's a bit long, about seven minutes long, and he basically is talking with his uh, sidekick over there. I keep forgetting that guy's name. That is so bad of me. But... Um, 
you know, um, I believe the first name is Michael also, so it is forgettable. The last name is forgettable. No, 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 not really. No, 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 no. Michaels are never forgettable. Um, and uh, let's uh, hop over to Ted, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, who is, of course, uh, one of the ranking leaders in the um, um, of the majority party in the uh, uh, Senate Finance Committee and how the uh, United States Senate is looking at this issue of Silicon Valley Bank. been a very chaotic time in the markets. We've seen two different banks fail, including the 16th largest bank in the United States, Silicon Valley Bank, with $210 billion in assets. Uh, that has called into question a lot of the financing for the tech industry. It's called into question a lot of the financing for venture capital, and, and it has uh, potentially imperiled a, a significant number of mid-sized banks. Uh, in response to this, the Biden administration rolled out uh, a major bailout, conveniently bailing out the politically collected, connected friends of the Biden White House uh, in, in a way that will have lasting repercussions for the economy and will almost certainly incentivize future bad conduct by other banks. When you look at this from a standpoint of it being called a bailout, a lot of people have been calling it that, but this administration keeps saying this is not a bailout. Is this a bailout? Are the taxpayers going to have to foot the bill for this? Is this a delayed bill for taxpayers? How should the American people be reacting to this? This is 100% a bailout. And the Biden administration is spinning like crazy trying to pretend that it's not. Uh, what they are arguing is the money, there's $120 billion in a fund uh, that is paid by banks. And they say, well, that's not taxpayer money. Well, the last time I checked, banks are taxpayers. Banks pay quite a bit in taxes. Not only that, but the fees that the banks are paying into this fund, they get from, in turn, extracting revenues from consumers. And so it, it comes from you and me at the end of the day. This money didn't grow on a magic money tree that, that the Biden administration has, that they decided to spend uh, well over $100 billion in response to this. And, and here's what happened. So Silicon Valley Bank uh, has $210 billion in assets, and a big chunk of its portfolio, and a big chunk of its portfolio was held in securities, and in particular, long-term government debt. Uh, and in fact, it had the, the highest securities portfolio as a percentage of total assets uh, of, of any bank. And it took long-term government debt, but then the Fed's policies raising interest rates made that government debt, made those bonds go down in value about 20%. And what happened is, is that the bank was required to mark to market those securities at their current valuations. Now, if it held those, the, the, those government bonds to maturity, it would get the full payout, but they're worth about 20% less because the interest rates they were taken out at are significantly lower than where interest, interest rates are today. That in turn caused an old fashioned run on the bank, which is depositors and in particular, 
venture capital companies and tech companies began removing their funds in mass. And it was one after the other after the other that began pulling their, their funds out. Now look, we all know uh, from, from classic movies like It's a Wonderful Life that, that a bank doesn't have all of the deposits just sitting there in cash. That it, it in the case of an SNL or, or, or a mortgage bank, it, it is loaning them out uh, in in this instance, the the bulk of the funds were in securities, including in particular both government debt and mortgage bonds. And so, when when a ton of the depositors are saying, "Give me my money back," uh, they ran in ran into real trouble because there there was a liquidity mismatch. In other words, the the assets they had available to give the depositors back were were less than the demand for the from. The depositors to get it back and so california stepped in and shut the bank down on friday uh and what happened next was a series of things so one one consequence the fdic the federal deposit insurance corporation insures deposits up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. so if you or i have our checking account or savings accounts most of us presumably have less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in our checking or savings accounts, those are entirely insured by the government. And that's true for anyone that has less than 250,000. That's also true for smaller businesses, for mom and pop businesses, smaller businesses. But above 250,000, that is not supposed to be insured by the FDIC. And in the case of Silicon Valley Bank, a massive amount, 96% of their deposits were uninsured. In other words, it had a bunch of big, big, big deposit accounts way above the $250,000 insurance cap. The folks that had deposits in Silicon Valley Bank that were above the $250,000 insurance cap include a ton of politically connected venture capital firms in Silicon Valley and startups. So for example, uh, Circle, the payment technology firm, had $3.3 billion in Silicon Valley Bank. That's a bunch of money. $3.3 billion is way, way, way above $250,000. Uh, there were a total of 1,074 private equity and venture capital funds uh, that were banking with Silicon Valley Bank. And, and, and if you look at, at some of the players, in addition to Circle, uh, Roku, the streaming service, had $487 million in Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, the crypto lender BlockFi, which is now defunct, had $227 million. Uh, Roblox, uh, the online gaming platform, had $150 million. And BuzzFeed, uh, the online media uh, platform, had about $56 million in cash and cash equivalents at the end of, of 2022 the majority of which was held at Silicon Valley Bank. So you have a lot of big players with huge amounts of money. Now, these players chose to deposit it knowing what the FDIC limits were. Uh, they didn't seek to insure it. They didn't seek to, to find any other way uh, to protect it. They counted on, number one, that they believe Silicon Valley Bank was too big to fail, but number two, what happened is the White House very quickly responded to Democrat politicians and, and, and tech firms and VC firms uh, 
expressing dismay and and the Biden administration said, you know what? We're going to guarantee every deposit doesn't matter how big. Uh, that was any way you look at it, a massive bailout. And it was a bailout that was done uh, was done with no authorization from Congress. As advertised, this is Mike of New York. Uh, we, of course, are back on our morning podcast for you. If you have any issues, uh, topics, or ideas that you want to talk to us about, you can find us on Twitter, uh, True Social, uh, Parlor, and also what is the other one we are on? Getter. Yeah. So if you want to get me, you can get her done by going to get her. Yeah, you, you can reach out to us on any of those social platforms. Uh, Twitter is Mike of New York. Getter is Mike of New York. Parlor is Mike of New York. And uh, True Social is uh, is Mike of New York. So, so you can reach out to us at any of those social platforms uh, and uh, get through us there. If you want to get a topic out or something that you think we should discuss or whatever, uh, we're slowly coming back. As I said, uh, I am dealing with more vision problems and other issues, uh, but uh, we will continue to bugger on, as Winston Churchill said during the blitz in World War II. You know, in the middle of it all, we're going to bugger on and just get our done. Yes, you know. No, he didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't right there. But it would have been good if you could have sounded like a redneck. Can you imagine Winston Churchill saying, I will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them on the sea. But you know what? I think it's better if we fight them over there and not over here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's the latest for me from now. Good to be back on the mic with you. And coming up with more every day. Future episodes? Who knows? <laughs> Well, we know, but we know, and we just want to be here with you. God bless you. God bless everybody. God bless these United States of America, people in the Philippines, people over the seas, people over the air, and people in outer space. Wherever you may be, we'll be right here for you. Always. I'm Michael New York.